Hello and welcome to the Fancy Threesome FPL podcast. Something a little different today. We will be briefly going over the game week so far, but because there's such a huge gap between game weeks, and this happens so often in international breaks where no one really cares about fantasy football right now, we're doing a special. We're highlighting our biggest wow moments from football. It might be games we've played in, games we've been at, games we've seen on TV, incidents that have been huge, and uh, we're doing like a mini cup format of it. it it should be good there's a lot of randomness in this as you would expect from us three first let me introduce uh mike how are you mike a lot of randomness as you might expect from us three oh we're so kooky <laughs> um yeah good, <laughs> good day to you sir yeah very very good very good uh excited to be honest it's a shame that we're not dwelling on the last game week for the whole hour but um we'll do that in a minute okay and and how are you mate yeah, I'm good. Uh, I, I will disagree with Mike and say I'm glad we're not uh, dwelling on the last game week because you will be surprised to hear that it wasn't the best. Yes, yes. Mike, do you want to get your brief gloating over? <laughs> yeah, well, I was I was a bit perplexed, and I still am really, that I started the week on minus 24, and I still don't... <laughs> I still don't understand uh, how. I'm. It says I made seven transfers. I don't believe that to be true. Um, uh, but but anyway, it says I made them, so uh, I'll, I'll take it on the chin. Um, so I started the week on minus 24, and there was a little bit of banter. I do believe you put a tweet out, and uh, the FPL community were, were getting on board and saying, you know, that even, you know, by my standards, that was a bit of a shocker. Um, but as it turns out, I do believe I beat you both. If not beat you, I certainly, I'm certainly there or thereabouts with you. You've beaten us, um, So let's talk about uh, transfers in. De Bruyne captained up to 16. Tierney bought in eight points. Robertson bought in 11 points. Tony stuck with seven points. Yotta five. Uh, so I came out uh, with 59 points, lads. So a net of, yeah. yeah, a net of 35. But I've got a, I've got a team that's shaped for weeks to come. It, it's blooming brilliant, lads. I'm very, very what, happy. What a classic line that you always say. Yeah, I like <laughs> to wheel you, it out. So, so you've, you've, Shaped your team for weeks to come. Just to confirm, have you done any transfers thus no, far? No, no. Oh, wow. Don't Craig, need to. Craig Crowth picked your captain, didn't he? De Bruyne, he, he sorted you out there. Good yeah, that works out all right. Well, he actually said to me, you can have De Bruyne or somebody else. And I, I think actually he said somebody else. I forget who. It was somebody like Roman Sice or somebody. Or De Bruyne. <laughs> and I, I, I jumped on. I mean, it's not in my team, Roman Sice. Uh, Sice but uh, I jumped on De Bruyne immediately and said, thank you very much. Good day. And, and closed the conversation. So, uh, yeah, that was all right. Okay. So... That, that links quite neatly into mine because I also had my captain picked by FPL Commander. I sent him over my team. At the time, Josh King was captain because I got I got King and Dennis. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay, that would be good. I trust Josh King. I've seen him play for Bournemouth. He's done me good in the past. Sorry, Phil, have you, have you heard of a little uh, electric uh, retailer called Dennis King? <laughs> <laughs> no, please do tell us all. We, not, we not haven't got time for that We haven't got time this We haven't got time for that. Thank you. So, uh, FPL commander liked my team. However, he decided to switch my captaincy from King to Dennis. Thank you very much, FPL commander. So I, among among the millions, uh, I was among the millions uh, that Friday night when Dennis got sent off. He should have been sent off for diving, to be honest. Should have been. been. Yeah. Three yellow cards. So, um, yeah, disappointing uh, with Dennis there. I've still got King to play. So I haven't admitted defeat yet this game week. Um, but... Team-wise, De Gea got me six, uh, Jota got me two, and that, uh, sorry, Jota got me five. They are my highest scores this week. My first sub, Dalot, Dalo, Dalo, 
nine points. Not happy. So mm. I'm currently on 26 points. Didn't make a single transfer. Uh, so I've got two next week. But uh, I'm relying on Josh King against Burnley to do something incredible to get me out of this mess. So you need you need nine out of Josh King to, to beat me this week, even, even yes. with my minus 24. <clears throat> yes, that is correct. Wow. Let's yeah. see how Anthony fared by comparison. Wow, it's another it's another wow so, moment. It, it is, is another wow moment. moment. Yeah, I've I've had another wow week, boys. What can I say? So I I gave uh, the power strap on my strap yourselves in, guys. Strap yourselves in. <laughs> no, no, I'll try and be positive <laughs> in, in any way I can, boys. There might be a little bit of sarcasm. I won't I lie. Uh, yeah, I gave gave the power of my team to my ten year old. Uh, Phil sent that screenshot, didn't he? Of uh, that fun team was it the, the uh, team built around neighbours characters or something? Absolutely incredible skills. Um, and I thought, well, I need to do something like this. I need to try and get some more fun in this for me because it's been absolute hell this season. So I decided to uh, give the power of my team selection to my ten-year-old, who then I thought at the time made two pretty good transfers. He brought in Rafinha, who I've not had all season. Brought in Can Cancelo, um, who's obviously been in the points. I've not had him all season. I thought, blimey, he's actually picked two players who get points. This is where I'm going wrong. Of course, both of them got two points each this week. So I did take a minus four. Uh, and also, Phil, like you, and uh, I, this was my fault, I picked Dennis as captain with a the, with the double game week that came in late. So, yeah, like you, minus two. Unfortunately for me, boys, very similar to Phil, I had uh, Mr. Buendia on my bench uh, who got 10 points. Um, and to put that into perspective, my front six players between them got nine points. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Boyndeer, who's done nothing, was one of the first names I was looking to ship out when I do eventually play my wild card. Yeah, I was thinking, well, he won't, he won't do better than any of them when they're away to Everton, who've just got rid of, rid of uh, Rafa Benitez. I'm sure they'll have some bounce back. No, no, he'll score from a corner, even though he's about four foot three. So, uh, pretty much sums up my season, boys. Uh, so that was, it, that was of, interesting because the, the, thirty-one. Just, oh, thirty-one. So yeah, so I'm beating you as well. This is terrific. So have you got this King? This is terrific. Or not? Well, no, I've got Dennis, but I presume he'll be suspended, won't he? Yeah, for the, so I've for the... definitely beaten you, and I've yeah. almost certainly beaten Phil. That's lovely stuff. It really I need is. An assist and assist and sixty minutes from King to draw level. Hmm. It's we'll going to be tough. Going to be tough. Uh, New manager, of course. What, Roy the boy's in. Pardon? You know? Watford, didn't he? Roy the boy, he's back at oh, Watford. Oh, good grief! I mean, yeah, I did maybe, see a, a, maybe he had his, a gap in his calendar for the next six weeks and was wondering what he was going to do. <laughs> Um, just quickly yeah. on that on that goal, Buendia, right? Who, who scored? You mentioned him being four foot three, um, and you know, um, I don't know if yeah, we, we won't go back to our uh, conversation about dwarfism and, and midgetism. <laughs> um, but uh, when I looked at the two lineups, I think I texted you both actually and said Yeri Mina first goal scorer. That was my prediction because they had seven players Everton that were six foot or over. Wow. Aston Villa only had two, and yet the goal came from a set piece that Aston Villa won. Yeah, you were yep. warm but not hot. Yeah, yeah, it would be a yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there we Good go. Times. Well, this is where we're at then. So we need five points from King, otherwise uh, I've lost this week. So yeah, we'll do our punts and stuff next week um, because there's no point doing it now, is there? No, no, we don't need to do a fixture preview this week. So let's get on to our special episode. Our, our ultimate wow moments in football. Like I said, these could be games we've played in ourselves. You know, they could be games we've been at, games we've seen on TV, whatever. They could be any moment in football. So, Mike, your first moment. Shall I play some commentary to uh, set it up for you? Yes, please, because I can barely remember what I suggested. <laughs> Here we go then, boys. So we go into sudden death penalties. Well, he's only just recently forced his way into the England side, Southgate. 
model they call him at uh, model at uh, Aston Villa. He does everything right. Well, let's hope he can do this right as well. Saved it! Oh, my word. And Andy Muller. I tell you, the experienced Muller is the man who comes up to take the next penalty. Uh, it was hit far too close to Kopka. And suddenly, England's dreams of the European glory are beginning to fade. Unless, unless David Seaman can bring off another miraculous save this time from Andy Muller. Don't worry about it, Stuart Pearce said. That's an interesting picture. He's been through it before he knows. He lost to the Germans in 1990 in a semi-final penalty shootout. Andy Muller against David Seaman. And the Germans go into the final. And England are out. The dream is over for England and for Terry Venables on a penalty shootout. And it's Germany who meet the Czech Republic in the final here on Sunday. There we go, Mike. That was your one wow, wow moments. You cheerful man. It could be wow good. It could be wow bad. So it was. It, it. it was. It was. It was a genuine wow because I didn't really. I, th I think you know. Be, uh, so we're all uh, Cherries fans. We're all Bournemouth fans. So um, we've experienced a fair bit of disappointment, uh, you know, in our times as football supporters. But that was the first time I, that I can really remember that, along with Italia ninety, those two, where. It impacted me for not just like a few hours, but weeks after, like like weeks and weeks after. And even just hearing that commentary now, the pit of my stomach is churning because, uh, well, a, a there's inevitability about it. I don't know what's going to happen, but b it just hurts. I, you know, Euro '96 was um, special on so many levels. I'd um, I just finished my GCSEs, um, so we finished in May. And so for the whole of the tournament, I was off um, and able to take in every single game that that, that went on. Um, and it was terrific. And of course, there was such a buzz about the country uh, going into the tournament. And then it, it built throughout the tournament even more. And there was that euphoria that that we now kind of, uh, I've maybe a, a bit tired to these days. You know, we go to a World Cup and everyone's singing uh, football's coming home. And that's great. But um, it was on home turf and it was the... It was the first tournament I genuinely thought we might win. The World Cup in 90, um, I was 10 years old and a bit naive, really, to football. And I figured there'd be plenty more opportunities. But 96 felt like the one that really, really got away. Um, so just wow in terms of the impact and the hangover it had. Um, but actually, that doesn't really experience. I don't really feel that now. There was a time, Ant is notorious for um, at Bournemouth games, uh, you know, us losing and him being in a bad mood for days or for the rest of the week and that sort of punctuates his, his mood for the week football doesn't do that to me now and i'm not sure at any point leading up to united six did i realize it it could do that yeah. um it was just a pastime it was a hobby it was something i was you know i was, I was mad into you know i was collecting my football stickers as a kid and um you, you know my my um my home economics project was a uh, was a Stitchcraft AFC Bournemouth badge. Um, but <laughs> you sad individual. So, so it was something I was really enthusiastic about football, but I didn't realise it had the power to uh, really hurt. Like, it was, like, I don't know, it was like a relationship ending or somebody passing away. Like it genuinely, genuinely impacted on me that much that summer. 
Um, it was brutal. I mean, I think the fact that the whole country was behind it. I mean, I was 11. No, I was 10 for that. And I remember where I was lying in the lounge. Ironically, like, you were the same age then as, as I was for 90. There we and, go. And Gaza and, and uh, Chris yeah, Waddle yeah. are like, yeah. Well, I was lying by the TV watching it, watching the shootout. And I had not experienced Like 90, I was only five. So I don't really remember it. Um, obviously now I've watched stuff about it but at the time I didn't but 96 I remember the penalty miss and just being heartbroken and then seeing Muller run off and do that sort of like cockerel stance that he did to the crowd and and just thinking oh this is awful and I remember I, I, I walked out the room and I sat halfway up the stairs and just cried like it was massive for halfway me. up the stairs Here's the spot where Phil sits. Is that a song? Um, yeah, that's uh, Kermit, Kermit the Frog's cousin, Robin. Kermit's check it out cousin. sometime. Yeah, check it out sometime. <laughs> wow, revelations this week. It's a melancholy yeah. little number. I believe it got to number one. Wow, okay. Uh, mm. Well, that, yeah, that is a wow moment. It was a bit, it was brutal. It was brutal. It was signal, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. obviously, Phil, we were only eight days apart in age, so yeah. obviously I was exactly the same age as you, and I, I was never, actually, as that age, I was never massively into football. It was all about Formula One for me, and um, that was the, my first tournament that I can remember, the first one I really got into, and actually what I can remember most about that game is actually the, uh, well, it wasn't a miss, but the, was it the ball in from Anderton, where Gascoigne just failed to get there an extra time in Golden Goal, and yeah. I remember that more yeah. than the penalties, weirdly enough. Mm. Um, I, I, I can remember that so vividly, and yeah, it was, I remember going to school the next day, though, and feeling a bit you know that that was a bit of a sick note. It was about um, three years after that that I started going to watch Bournemouth. Um, I think I think there's there's something in those moments about about as well. Football as a game is one thing, uh, but I think what I've learned over the years is actually the game is is an hour and a half. Actually, the build up to any game it's a bit like Christmas, really. You blink, Christmas Day is gone. But actually, the build up, the advent leading into the game is is really exciting. And actually, it's about who you watch it with as much as anything. So. Um, these big tournament games, you have family that don't watch football the rest of the year, um, but that will come together and sit and will will you know share in the joy and the pain of of, of that experience with you for those those ninety minutes. So, um, I think there's there's a lot to be said for who we watch these games with. When I was thinking about my wow moments, I wasn't necessarily thinking about what happened on the pitch. Actually, I was relating a lot of that to who I was watching the game with, and, and football is is brilliant for bringing people together, isn't it? I. Do, I, I, there's a bit of me that wishes, and I don't know if you boys, there was some video footage of you when uh, Southgate missed that penalty. Mm. Um, what, a, a video footage to of look me back on? looking <laughs> absolutely miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is I, um, Seth, in years to come, Seth is, uh, he is, he was eight years old in the summer when we played Italy in the final. And I set up an iPad for the whole of the game. And now Seth does, doesn't care for football he's one of these guys that again it's about who you're watching it with we brought the whole family together we watched the Italy game and when we missed the penalties Seth broke into tears and I've got it all on video so so in years to come when he's doing when when, you know when our children have taken over the FPL Fancy Threesome podcast and we've explained to them not to accept all the Twitter followers that come our way I will be able to say he, he will be able to say to us here, guys, take a look at this. This is me crying as an eight-year-old when Saka missed the penalty. Yeah, oh. but that's that's lovely. That and and uh, now you've mentioned it, 
the situation with followers on Twitter is getting a bit much, I would suggest, in that we are getting so many new followers who don't know anything to do with fantasy football and they just want smut. Uh, the other night, uh, Big Booty Judy. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Big well, shout out to Big, Big Booty, Booty Judy. Judy. I'm Maybe. assuming she doesn't she doesn't care much for fantasy football. Not uh, yet. Last but after night, hearing this, I don't know what this word is, so I'm going to say it because I don't think it's rude. Cubicle toilet phenolic. Hold on a second. I've got a guy in the office that will know. Uh, Tim, what's is a phenolic? Cubicle is it? Cubicle toilet phenolic. It's cubicle toilet phenolic. Is that rude? No, he's looking puzzled. It can't be rude. No, nope. okay, he would cool. know. Cool. Okay. Well, anyway, phenolic. No, just no. We're trying. all good. No, okay, cool. I think they're from somewhere else because the rest of their profile isn't in clear English. So yeah, please don't follow us if uh, unless you're interested in fantasy football, um, because uh, yeah, it's irritating having to. And, oh, and they phenolic. keep tagging us. They keep tagging us. Phenolic is a synthetic resin uh, for toilet cubicles. Okay, well, <laughs> explore their profile more. It, they're not talking about resin. Okay, they fine. keep tagging us. I've been tagged in two posts now with a long list of other smutty accounts. All righty. Don't know why. Don't enjoy Lucky that. Lucky you, mate. Anthony, tell us your next wow moment. Can you can you wow us more than the exit from Euro '96? Well, mine is actually for change because I normally bring the mood of the pod down with my low scores. Mine's actually a positive, boys. Okay. Mine is Jermaine Defoe bursting onto the scene back in the year 2000. I'm sure we can all remember it fairly well, can't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, So this was actually my first full season of supporting Bournemouth. And I remember that season, as with many seasons with Bournemouth, we were struggling. Um, It was around November. And um, we were, I think, fourth bottom or fifth bottom of the old division uh, two as it was then, so League One now. And Harry Redknapp was West Ham manager back then, who very kindly lent us an 18-year-old Jermaine Defoe, who no one had ever heard of. And he went on to break a record, didn't he, for scoring in 10 consecutive league games. And I remember I was at his first home game against Peterborough. He scored. Uh, but the wow moment for me when I realised what, what a player we had on our hands was, um, was my first ever away day watching uh, Bournemouth, uh, Abs Park, uh, playing against Wickham. And I just remember that game. He was unbelievable. I think he scored twice. One of the goals, he picked up the ball on the halfway line, took it around three players, burst into the box. And then in front of the goal that we were behind, smashed it into the opposite top corner uh, and left about four defenders on their backsides. And it was around that time, I remember, uh, that people were calling out Five Live, complaining, uh, teams from our league, that he was too good. We shouldn't have been allowed to loan him, all the rest of it. Of course, pre-social media then. Um, and that really was a wow moment for me because uh, we realised what a player we had. And of course, not long after that, he was scoring goals in the Premier League. So, and, and we all know that he's ended up being one of the, the top scorers. I think he's still in the top five, is he, in the, in the Premier League? <sighs> Do you think? A lot of goals. And, and that, when he broke the record, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, well, that, that would also be an equal wow moment, wouldn't it, when he scored against Cambridge to make that, make that 10 in a row? Do you, do you think he... Do you think he fulfilled his potential? Do you mean Defoe? Yeah. I, I think he should have gone to United. There was always rumours. I think if he had gone to United, he would have been, you know, one of the Premier League's all-time top scorers, you know, right up there, because I think he would have had so many opportunities. I think he loved it at Spurs, but I think mm. if he hadn't gone to Spurs and he had gone to, say, United, I think he, he could have been. I, think I mean, I this is have. this is a player when, when, when he bursts on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, uh, uh, yeah. 
I, I, I wonder if Wayne Rooney ever really fulfilled his potential. If you, if you look at the, the player he was as an 18-year-old, mm. you would expect him to have pushed on. You know, by the time he was at the peak of his powers in his mid-20s, late-20s, you would expect Rooney to be phenomenal, you know, by comparison. And I, I, and I know it's a controversial opinion, given that he's the all-time capped and all-time goalscorer for England uh, until Kane overtakes him but and for United. But uh, I'm not sure he ever really fulfilled the stratospheric proportion, you know, uh, potential, you know, that Rooney had. And I think it's the same with Defoe. He never played for a top-four club. Yeah, that's that's the thing. He never had that big move. But for that that moment when he was at Bournemouth, it it was like a Premier League player had just been dropped into League One and was allowed to play there for months. It it was incredible. Um, we're, I did... we're obviously biased because we're Bournemouth fans, but yeah, he was unbelievable. I just remember he he was so quick, wasn't he? Do you remember yeah, he yeah. would just run at defenders and they didn't they didn't know what to do with him. But for an eighteen year old to come into professional football like that and scoring 10 consecutive games and of course we went from being a team facing relegation that season of course the, do you remember the last game boys of that season away at Reading we needed oh, to I do win I ever. Yeah. We, do needed, I ever. We, we were all there we were all there uh, we needed to win to get in the playoffs and we were 3-1 up at half time and then the lovely Gareth Stewart uh, dropped one from a corner with about two minutes to go Reading equalised so we drew and we missed out on the playoffs I think on goal difference and I love that you've come here with a positive point and you've ended it on our keeper dropped it in his own net and bodged up the whole season. <laughs> hey, look, there's got to be some negative negativity in there somewhere with let, me, mate. Let me, let me, let me. So between those two, then which one goes through to the next round? As a, well, as a should... wow moment. I mean, who's voting? Who's voting for the Euro '96 exit? I would say well, that's a big, a big wow moment for me. I'd say big wow. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So Defoe's out. Right, next round moment. This is my first one. I've got you some commentary here, and I want you to try and work out what it is because the commentary is in French. Ooh la la. Makelele avec Buffon. Tiens, on voit Zizou. Ooh, Zinedine. Oh, Zinedine. Pas ça. Pas du tout avec Zinedine. Pas ça, Zinedine. Pas ça, Zinedine. Oh non. Oh non, pas ça. Pas aujourd'hui, pas maintenant, pas après tout ce que tu as fait. Aïe, 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 aïe. Il va sortir un carton devant Zidane. Et c'est carton rouge. Oh non Et voilà ce que je redoutais. C'est épouvantable. C'est pas possible. Il n'y a même pas lieu de contestation. Mais non, on ne peut pas contester. On ne peut pas contester. Même s'il s'est passé des choses avant, Zinedine ne doit pas répondre. Ne doit pas mettre ce coup de tête. C'est pas vrai, c'est son dernier match, c'est la finale de la Coupe du Monde. C'est pas possible. Oh non, 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 non. Sur l'image qu'on a vue, on ne peut pas reprocher à l'arbitre argentin de sortir le carton rouge, évidemment. Mais c'est terrible. You get the idea. Oh, by golly, we do. Is that the moment when uh, Zinedine Zidane thought he was outside in the car park of the Sheaf of Arrows after one too many and someone had been looking at his girlfriend and he nutted uh, Matarazzi? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, I remember what? it well. Des- Desai was, you can imagine Desai was around. Oh, leave it, easy. Leave it. He's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Too late, mate. 
too late. Head, I mean, head butted. 2006. I mean, bear in mind, Zidane had retired from international football two years before. He came back for that tournament and he pretty much carried France to the final. And in the final, he scored. Matarazzi then equalised. And they've been tussling all game. And then Matarazzi went down and everyone's like, well, you know, what's he doing? And then when at the moment they showed that replay, it was like, what on? I mean, there's headbutts and he just full on, his whole body went into that. It wasn't like, you know, like if, if people put their heads together and someone jumps on the floor like they do these days. Yeah, I mean, if you, I suppose if you're going to headbutt someone, you may as well go for it. But he he went absolutely flying. It was very you big fat. Very, very, very big fat gypsy wedding, I felt. Okay, there's some accusations. The uh, point for the who the co-commentator was in that clip? In that in that particular clip, I was enjoying it very much. Um, I would like say, it. yeah, uh, I would say uh, Jean-Michael <laughs> Jean Jarre. Arsene Wenger. Oh, that was going to be my second blooming guess as well. Yeah, so do you know, do you know what caused the headbutt? Yes, he said something about his mother. Incorrect. It oh. was that, wasn't it? I'm sure it was something that he called his mum a rude no. word. Is Matt Matarazzi's come out and, and very recently, actually, in the last year or so, and come out and explained what it was all about. They've been clashing all games. And then this is his, word, his words. After the third clash, I frowned and he retorted, I'll give you my shirt later. Zidane, Zidane saying, you'll give, give Matarazzi a shirt later. Matarazzi then replied, I'd rather have your sister than your shirt. And that was the point that Zidane lost it. Seems a bit excessive. Yeah. I'm just, just Googling his sister to see whether that was a good choice or not, to be honest. <laughs> um, but that, that, that game doesn't hold fond memories for me, boys. And I'll tell you what, I was in Benidorm and I got food poisoning on the last day and I spent the whole flight back to Bournemouth being sick in the toilet at the back of the plane. <laughs> Why were you not? True story. Really? And I then, did not know and that. then they, yeah, they announced, the captain announced the scoreline. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, he came oh. out while I, had, while, while I had my head down the toilet. Oh, uh, for those of you who want to know, uh, yeah, and then he said the result. So, and yeah. for those of you who are avoiding the score, unfortunately, uh, there's no way of muting me, so you're going to find out anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was, I didn't care, I was being violently sick, but um, yeah, good times, boys. Gosh, um, yeah. I would, I would say, um, Leela looks a very nice young lady. But the eBay value of Zidane's shirt from a final, I would imagine I would have probably gone with the shirt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he's, he's let himself down there. But it was a moment where you all just sit there and think, what has he done? Like, we all knew it was his last ever game of football. Lost the plot. He did. Okay. So that's my, my first wow moment, which takes us now, Mike, to your second wow moment. And I've got, oh, you, some, uh, got you some commentary if you want it. An audio reminder would be fantastic. Excellent. Here we go. Running beyond Walker. Pew. Pew! That'll do it! That will do it! Pew for Bournemouth! The roof at the Gold Sands is raised! Everyone here knows what that could mean to this football club. Good Johnson. The supporters not waiting for the final whistle as Bournemouth's footballing dreams come true. A stylish and emphatic win at home here against Bolton has taken them to the threshold of the Premier League. 
They are effectively there. It will take record-breaking and fantastical final day. Mathematics to deny them. A 19-goal swing. Jeff Mostyn and Bournemouth can celebrate. They've taken that final step. And they've done it, Andy, here in real style. Absolutely. Quite extraordinary scenes. You can't begrudge these fans celebrating. OK, mathematically, Bournemouth aren't up yet. But come on, they're a Premier League side. They deserve to be too. There we go. All right. So this, this for me is, to quote Matt Runro, to dream the impossible dream, lads. So we talked just or briefly. Or Ridian from X Factor. He did do a, a reasonable cover version. Um, <laughs> very white hair. Very white hair. Not dissimilar to yours these days. Didn't win in the Brutal. title, though, did it? Didn't win in <laughs> the title. I can't remember. I don't really watch no, that character. No, missed out to know. Alexandra Burke. Anyway, um, I... Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so this is this is just uh, off-the-scale ridiculous wow from, from my perspective, just on a personal level, because I'd lived the life of Bournemouth supporter. I had been the only Bournemouth supporter in my, in my school, not just my first school, my middle school, upper school where there were about 2,000 kids. I think there were maybe two other Bournemouth supporters. And, and given in the Bournemouth area. Yeah, given that we, 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 we lived, that they were our local team. Um, it was laughable that I would support Bournemouth. And the question would always be, yeah, but who, who's your big team? Uh, to which the answer would be Coventry. But Bournemouth were... <laughs> Bournemouth, Bournemouth were, were my team and um, we went on quite the journey. You know, people people know the journey. Um, that night was wow on so many levels because the the dream, and that's all it had ever been, of us reaching the top tier of English football was fulfilled. It was wow. Uh, yeah, it was wow uh, on an emotional level because... Uh, we go back to those who you're at the game with, who you're watching the game with, the build-up to all of that. Um, you weren't there, Phil, and I was really gutted, that, genuinely no, gutted I wasn't that you a, weren't there. Yeah, no, I wasn't there. I was at home watching it with our friend Harry mm. um, because I couldn't get a ticket. Mm. And and when Pew scored that first goal, I jumped up and was just kicking the air, like violently kicking the air with excitement. Uncontrollable. It, it, it was just incredible. And I remember when, I think it was that goal, when it was Pugh's goal, or no, maybe it was the second goal that went in, they they cut to the to the dugouts and you were working at the club and you were doing your match day announcing. And for some yeah. reason, you positioned yourself, obviously the excitement of it all, you positioned yourself near the dugouts. So they I cut had... to the dugouts and you were jumping up and down with the excitement of a four-year-old on a bouncy castle, like mm. just in glee and um, just uncontrollable as well. And we were both feeling that. I wish I'd been there. I was there, there at Charlton the weekend after, but it was incredible. Yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, so so sorry for listeners that don't know the story. This is Bournemouth getting promoted to the Premier League for the first time in their history. Um, having only ever spent uh, three years in the in the second tier, you know, the rest of our 100 and however many years' existence have been in the bottom two divisions of, of English football. So it was uh, it was phenomenal. So yeah, the fact that you weren't there, um, without getting too emotional, the fact that our dad wasn't there mm-hmm. um, because our, our, our dad had passed away and was was a big influence on us supporting Bournemouth uh, made that all the more kind of an emotional evening. The fact that um, Ant was there. But actually, when the goals went in, I was nowhere near Ant, so I couldn't even hug him. I was just, Gutted. you know, you hugging. Been 
I he was, would have been I was, attacked and yeah. is violent. When when Bournemouth score a goal and you stood next to him, he just attacks you for no reason. I'm pretty sure I nearly broke someone's nose once from you, an elbow. You gave me a jaw injury, older shot. Good time. Okay. <laughs> Which, Good time. if you needed, if you needed context of Bournemouth getting to the Premier League, there it is, right there. Um, you, you got a jaw injury when we scored a goal against Aldershot. Um, so yeah, so so Dad wasn't there. Uh, you weren't there. Uh, our, our other brother, who's a big Bournemouth fan, wasn't there. Ant was there, but I couldn't hug him because we were too far away. I think I was just randomly hugging substitutes and, and stewards. Um, <laughs> and, and then uh, at the end, the um, the, the the moment where we the, the final whistle goes, I get to go on the pitch, and there's some lovely shots of me and Eddie Howe walking to the centre circle together, having a little powwow. Well, and I got seen inter- them. Haven't we seen them? <laughs> <laughs> I got to interview Eddie live on the pitch afterwards, and it was just it the whole th- thing was just so incredibly surreal on so so many levels. Um, it it will 100% no matter what comes in the future, Bournemouth could win the Champions League, and nothing will ever match uh, that night for me well, I remember uh, I remember ever. being at Charlton at the, the, the game we, we clinched the title which was which hasn't made the list actually in incredible fashion because in the last what minute of Watford's game against Sheffield Wednesday they conceded which meant we won the title effectively and I remember being at that game and you saying soak this up because there'll never be a time mm-hmm. where we're playing football this good we're winning this many games. You know, we were just free-flowing goals constantly. And you're right. I mean, to be honest, since then, I've almost fallen out of love with, with football. You know, I, I enjoy it, but I, I don't have that passion. And, and you know, if Bournemouth lose now, it's annoying, but it's not the end of the world. I don't want us to get promoted. It, it, you know, it's... We won't, it's don't weird. worry. Yeah. So that's a good uh, wow moment, Mike. Good wow moment. Thank you. Thank you. For me, it was one of the best, na- best nights, not just of supporting Bournemouth, but of my life. Like Mike said, I will look back on that night forever. And yeah, the only regret for me about that night is that Bournemouth uh, scored two goals when Mike uh, wasn't there. So we'd spent the whole game sat together and you had to go and do, do your stuff. And then Bournemouth decided to score at the end of both halves. So mm. I missed, missed uh, getting to share it with you, mate. But um, the, the, the other abiding memory of that night is suddenly the, the crowd breaking into about five minutes of the match of the day theme tune. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, were just, we were just singing that because we were going to be on match of the day. Um, the, best, the best thing about that was that it annoyed Adrian Durham. I remember him tweeting about how pathetic we were because we were we were singing good. the match of the day theme tune, and anything that annoys Adrian Durham is 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 good in my book. So, mm. um, yeah, just yeah, as Mike said, nothing will ever top that night. It was, and I, I'm one other regret for me is that I missed out on the Charlton game because that I know was incredible for you boys, but to actually be there the night we got promotion was just unbelievable. Well, the, mm. the Charlton game was weird because somehow we we ended up in hospitality. It was the only tickets we could get or something. So I remember You're going to Charlton. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what you know it's who you know yeah. so we, we ended up in hospitality getting like a full English breakfast and croissants and stuff in the stadium which was nice yeah isn't um, it funny as well because uh, I know you need to get onto your moment but how we associate uh, these moments with food as well yeah, I can tell you what I was eating with nearly any of, any of these games <laughs> yeah oh dear uh, and so, so, so Zidane versus that Bolton moment then I mean there might be a bit of bias here as wow uh, moments go I think most things, actually, there's the downward of one, but there's a couple of things that swing it for me. One, I was at the Bournemouth game, and as a Bournemouth fan, it doesn't get better for that. And unfortunately, that night just reminds me of being violently ill, the uh, Zidane night, that is. Yeah, so, okay. uh, um, Bournemouth wins it for me. Mike, you going Terrific. Bournemouth over Zidane? Yeah, I am, mate. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I will too. Okay, so, uh, Ant. Yes. Your, your next one, then. 
your next wow moment or it's a bit of a shocker really it might be a wow to mike i don't know if he knows this okay yeah so this might not necessarily be that wow to you boys but i think it should certainly be news to you that i used to support nottingham forest did I mean, you know after, this after no the tricky how, trees how excited yeah. you were when bournemouth got promoted when did you stop supporting nottingham forest and well, this is very start well, yeah, it started back mid to late 90s. Do you remember, boys? I mean, we're, we're showing our age now. Do you remember the little Premier League figures you used to get? The little yeah. players you used to get with I always used to end up with the Nottingham yeah. Forest players. And I always, I did used to love Chris Bart Williams. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. Competitive midfielder. I absolutely love him. Yeah, I remember. I don't know why. On, on Premier Manager, he played like every position. And I yeah, do mean was... Premier Manager. The... Yeah. Yeah, again, that's how old we are. <laughs> and it was before the days of just before I started going to watch Bournemouth. So I wasn't seeing a team live. And I remember my dad had just got Sky Sports, which I just thought was like the best thing ever. And for whatever reason, Nottingham Forest won quite a bit. And I remember watching their games. And it got to the point where when they went down from the Premier League and they ended up in Division One, the championship it is now, and they ended up playing Portsmouth, which, of course, is just down the road for us. I convinced my dad who, as you both probably know, hates football. Correct. So much so that he thinks offside is when the ball goes off the side of the pitch. <laughs> um, that, that is his knowledge. I convinced him to go with me to watch Nottingham Forest away at Fratton Park. And what experience that was, by the way. What? Um, yeah, we Did went to really? watch... Yeah, yeah. And Forest won 2-1, from what I remember. Um, I must have only been about 12 or 13 times. I've, I been, my first I've been with Forest you to game. Fratton. I've been with you to Fratton Park, yeah. haven't I? To watch Bournemouth. Yeah. Did you Bournemouth. not at any point go, oh, yeah, I've been here before because, yes, you support Nottingham Forest. How am I finding this out after I I know. Know, 20 years of knowing you? I know. It's, in, it's insane, isn't it? That's why I think it's quite quite a good round women. I tend to forget because it was, you know, once I started um, I going to watch Bournemouth in, in, <laughs> in 99, I kind of forgot about it. But, yeah, I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for Forest, which has been rekindled a little bit with uh, Steve Cook going there. Um, oh, really? But, yeah, but I support him for no other reason than the little Premier League figures and the fact that I saw them on TV quite a lot and I liked Chris Bart Williams. But yeah, I actually saw them live before I saw Bournemouth, which is insane. That's bizarre. Um, so yeah, and they won. They beat Portsmouth 2-1 that day. I remember it at good time. So there you go, boys. You've, well, you've learned something about me today after 20 uh, so, years of friendship. So is, 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 the, is the wow really that experience of a first game generically rather than that specific game? I think well, it's I think a wow a, to us, isn't it? I think, I think there's a few wows to it. One that... Oh, oh talk it up, Ant. One that you, it's probably one of the few things you don't know about me after knowing me for this long. And two, that I convinced my dad to go. I mean, I still don't know I how I managed that, that yeah. because he, bless him, he hates football. Uh, so he must have loved me. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a couple of wow moments in it for me. In a, in a similar way to when Mike was saying uh, about being a Bournemouth fan and at school no one's a Bournemouth fan, they say, who's your big team? Mm. When I remember in 94, 95, oh, no, sorry, 95, 96, I was collecting the football stickers. And I, I said to myself, whoever the first team I complete is, I want them to do well. And it was West Ham. So I've always had a soft spot for West Ham. Uh, you know, I could, mm. you could get West Ham shirts. You couldn't really get Bournemouth shirts unless you bought them from club shop. And parents couldn't afford that. We could buy knockoff West Ham shirts. And so uh, I've always had, a soft, always had a soft spot for West Ham for a, a similar reason, which is weird. So... Um, just quickly, Chris, Chris Bart Williams uh, currently is the assistant coach of the Women's Premier Soccer League side, uh, Soccer Plus Connecticut. Wow, uh, America. <laughs> Love that. Uh, little fact for you, I was on the same plane as Chris Bart Williams coming back from China once. No way. What, to actually talk to you or did you just see him? Uh, I was stood behind him in the, uh, in the queue for doing the passport control stuff. And then when we landed, I was stood behind him in the... You, I, he wasn't sat in the same area of the plane as me. Did you did you say, oh, that's Chris Bart Williams? Or did he 
like to his passport. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, that's, I've spent... that's some recall to spot Chris Bart Williams in an airport. Yeah, agreed. I spent a long time because you're in these queues for ages. I spent a long time looking at him, thinking, "How do I know you?" And then I ended up googling because um, I knew his, I thought he was a Forest player, so I ended up googling. And then when I saw, it, yeah, that was who it was. Yeah. Chris Bart Williams, hmm. impressive. In fact, also um, snooker player. Can't remember his name. Anyway. So, and your forest wow, I'm going to get personal with this next wow. So, I'm young. I'm about eight. I am playing a football match on the green, which is which is an area of grass that is outside Mike's current house, actually. So, the green, we used to have a goal set up, which was two tree trunks, uh, tree stumps, and then the green had a had a it was flat at the bottom, relatively. And then there was a hill up to two trees, which are also a good goal. So each game we played on it would be uphill to the tune of about three or four metres uphill, not just like a slight gradient. So we were playing a game there when I was younger. And I remember an argument started between two players, Ben and Mickey. Ben Race, Mickey Price, if you want the real names, feel free to Google them. It got, <laughs> it got nasty, okay? And this this is my wow moment because it was astonishing what happened because we were into wrestling at the time. It was uh, very much the era of, of WWF. And those who are into wrestling might have heard of The Undertaker. Those who might not have, you know, may have heard of The Undertaker. And he had this move called the Tombstone where you effectively tip someone up, hold them close to your body and then drop to your knees, effectively your head and neck get smacked on the floor it's a really dangerous move like you can't you shouldn't replicate it ben race picked up mickey in this fight and tombstoned him onto the tree stump like could have broken his neck it was incredibly dangerous and it and everyone just stopped playing everyone stopped playing mickey was in agony and managed to get home and mickey mickey's dad went ballistic at Ben Race and like Ben Race had to go around and apologize. Uh, I, I, there was a lot to the story, but that was a real wow moment for me when I was playing football and mid game someone got tombstoned. That was an astonishing moment for me. It would it would make me go wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> because you're thinking you could have killed him. Like could have snapped his neck off. Um. So yeah, it's the Royal Rumble this weekend, boys. In the in wrestling world. Oh, I'll wow. be sure not to watch that. <laughs> oh, it's the best, the best, uh, the best wrestling thing there is. Everyone if knows there, the if there was to be a, a football, a Premier League Royal Rumble right now tomorrow, which honestly, with this winter break, maybe is something that they, they could have considered. Oh, it would have been excellent. Um, who would be top billing? Who would be Bookie's favourite? Uh, well, without just saying Adama Traore, because that's too easy. Um. Virgil van Dijk, for me, the man is a beast. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's not a bad I can remember call. when Bournemouth played Southampton at Dean Court, and I couldn't actually believe how big he was. He is a giant. Yeah. I can imagine him picking someone up and slam dunking him. Absolutely. I can see Daniel Pedence being one of them sort of nippy, uh, nippy Mexican wrestlers. You know, they go full outfit and do lots of flips and tricks. Mm. So maybe Daniel Pedence might sneak a win. Uh, if you want wrestler wrestler pun names, Bam Bamford Bigelow for those of an age. 
Remember Bam Bam Bigelow? <laughs> oh yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that is that is yeah. That's going to work oh, with a certain wow. demographic of listener. That's um, niche, yeah. The Vardy Boys instead of the Hardy Boys. Nice, of course, nice. Uh, you've got Kane. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> very good. So the uh, the next. So so. Can you imagine? Sorry, if if you had the Undertaker, I can just imagine. I know he, um, he's gone now, but Claudia Ranieri as 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 Paul Bearer. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, to be honest, I could also see, I could also see Roy doing the same job, Roy Hodgson. Mm. Mm. There oh, is a bit of the Vince McMahon about Roy, actually, if you squint. Yeah, although probably not <laughs> as many face jobs as Vince McMahon's had. No, no, yeah. as many jobs though. <laughs> That's very true. Right away, um, and uh, if when you were reminiscing just now about Chris Buck Williams, you thought, I know, I'll go and order that. Um, I've already done it, mate. So it's on its way to you. Uh, some some lucky fella, um, I don't know where they live, has just been paid £10.64 for the Chris Bart Williams Corinthians Pro Stars by me. Uh, it's wigging its way to you, my friend. Oh, mate, thank you very much. Uh, so, what a star. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, a little treat. I thought you'd treat. actually bought me Chris Bart Williams then. I was going to get very No, fresh not. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the Corinthians figure, I'd like to take pride of place, please, on, on somewhere in your house. Wow, oh, that is, it. That is amazing. Is thank you very incredible. much, mate. No, you're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Mike, let's, let's flip into your next moment. It's finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That Rooney goal was enough for the three points. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. So watch it. Drink it in. Two goals in added time for Manchester City to snatch the title away from Manchester United. Stupendous! There we go. Watch it, drink it in. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's it's iconic. It's just such an iconic, not since there's somebody on the pitch. There is now. After Since, since uh, that, sorry, they think it's all over. It is now. The only bit we had was, quickly, Kevin, do you think he'll score? Um, that was the only <laughs> of iconic <laughs> football commentary we had to quote. But the Aguero will... Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, I, I ruddy love Martin Tyler. I count him a close personal friend. I've got his phone number in my mobile. Um, I don't have to name drop, but yeah, uh, big fan is, of. I mean, it's Martin Tyler. He sounds like an electrician. Is he another one? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, what a moment! And again, I can remember where I was. I can remember who I was with. I was with you. Uh, with me? Uh, yeah, I was around your oh, house. Wait, I don't remember it at all. Brilliant. I remember. What I don't remember your own name being with you. Terrific, terrific. Yeah, we were around there. There were a variety of snacks. I, I, I'll what, be honest. My house? Yeah, there were, but I felt you could have gone the extra right. It was last day of the season. There was a lot happening. Maybe some pizza, some sausage rolls might have gone, uh, wouldn't have gone amiss. But um, uh, it, I mean, it was mainly is... Watsits. There was a lot of Watsits that Ooh. day. That much it I do remember. doesn't sound like my house. I'm not really mm. a cheese puff kind of guy. Well, well, thanks for the invite because I wasn't there. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I was. Were you you just, were. Rich was there. there. Rich was oh, there. Holly was there. Right. David, Mark, your, your father in law was there. Right. Um, yeah, I remember, remember it well. I remember watching it, but don't mm. remember being with people. Well, anyway, okay. this is, that hurts. Sorry, it's been meaningful for you. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, just what a moment. I mean, the fact that you had the Man United players on the pitch listening and waiting, and, and it went down to the wire. The game had everything, you know, at Red Cards, at Joey Barton being a nutter, it had QPR taking a surprise lead. Just, just the whole afternoon was um, was amazing. Was amazing. So I don't, I don't need to. Uh, elaborate on that much more we you know i think he says drink it and you'll never see anything like this again and i don't think we ever will that's that's real. it came down a whole yeah. season to that that one that one kick um and yeah phenomenal phenomenal i mean it's it's unfortunately it's paved the way for 
Man City dominance really in League and Cup ever since. But um, yeah, I'm um, I'm a big fan of that as a moment. That is a wow moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. These. Go on, Em. I was just going to say, what's scary for me about that is, boys, is correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's 10 years ago this year, isn't it? But that was 2011-12 that season, I think, which is a decade ago. I mean, that it just was. Mental, and do you, do you know? Do you know why I know that? Was that? Because I was texting my now wife in, from Phil's bathroom while I was having a sit-down wee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that you remember things in such fine detail as that. I do. I do. I remember I rem- there. I, I remember you were in the toilet. I don't, the whole time. Even I don't tell you. I don't tell you every time I text somebody from your toilet, Phil. But I do. I <laughs> do vividly remember thinking, "Oh, I better text Claire." <laughs> so, uh, and I did. And I was, I was sat having a wee, uh, sit down wee, and uh, I remember. I remember looking at your your shower in your bathroom as well, and thinking, oh, I miss shower, that "Shower and bath." Yeah, shower and bath were there. Why would yeah. anyone use a shower? I remember sat there thinking that. Oh, well, it's a we busy had a day. Dis- Disco shower where when the light your lights come on on the shower head when the water comes through it. It was a real I mean that bathroom was lovely. It was it was a massive size. I mean, our bathroom's half the size of that now. Anyway. Um, just quick update. Um Stratum 3, 2910, as uh, confirmed. The estimated delivery is Tuesday the first, Wednesday the second of February. Well that is so great. Keep an eye out for, for, that. The, for the next pod. Thank you yep. for that, mate. Great lovely. stuff. And let's go. Yes. Let's go. Your 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 last moment. Um have we picked a win out of those ones, boys, by the way? Uh, well, no, the winner was between uh, you supporting Forrest and Ben Race tombstoning Mickey onto a tree stump. And, and the winner me, was? Ben, ben Race. I mean, Ben Race could have broken a child's <laughs> neck. I mean, he was a child, but he, he could have broken another child's neck. So for me, it was astonishing. I mean, you supporting Forrest is astonishing. It is pretty astonishing, yeah. And getting you back to Mike, you got to decide and vote. Uh, it's, it's Tombstone. It's Tombstone. Tombstone takes it. Congratulations, Ben Race. You're the winner. Okay. Uh, and go for it. Oh. Oh, I don't know thank why you it's highlighting me. Highlighting no. my, my last one, boys, and Mike was with me for this experience. What an experience it was. It was a real wow moment to experience Millwall away in person. I think we've all probably heard stories about uh, Millwall and their supporters and going to a game there. Good grief. Oh, uh, I do but, remember it. Yeah, so Mike uh, was there and we were with uh, my friend Paul, who actually got me into supporting Bournemouth. I went my first game with him and... I knew him from middle school and Mike was with us that day. I, if I remember correctly, Mike, do you remember bobbing along the M25 in his little Renault Clio? He lowered it. He had the big exhaust. I do remember it. And I remember I'd not really met him before. And I remember thinking, well, look, it's nice to get a lift to a football game. So I'll come. But this boy seems slightly odd yeah, um, um, because he'd come like he um, he'd just come fresh from an audition for a boy band. Um <laughs> Can you uh, remember he just maybe he'd just been kicked out of five or something. Um, <laughs> and uh, I remember him insisting on the way up that we should listen to worship songs that he'd written himself and recorded and put on CD. Yes. Um, which is not your average build up to a game. No. Um, <laughs> One of them, uh, I, if I remember correctly, it was called Dear God, which he would go, Dear God, at regular intervals. Worship um, songs. Paul. Paul. Yeah. Paul, for somebody who swears a lot. Big, uh, on, the, big on the worship person. scene. I mean, on Paul, the scene. Paul, just to tell you how his, his life changed changed between that moment, maybe, and when I last saw him playing Pro Evo around your house, Ant. Mm. Mid-game, he was looking at porno- pornography. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what happened in those troublesome years. Maybe uh, maybe the song maybe the song was a cry to God to help him with his addiction. Who knows? Maybe. maybe. And I, what happened at Millwall? Well, well, of course, Bournemouth lost, which that won't be a surprise to you. But, yeah, so just to further add... 
about Paul. So bear in mind, you're going to Millwall. I, I was sensible enough not to wear anything with Bournemouth on there. I'm pretty sure Mike was. And do you remember the tunnel Mike used to have to go through? You used to have to go through a tunnel with the home supporters to get to the away end. Yeah. And so as Mike was saying, Paul was dressed like somebody from a boy band. So he wore a camouflaged army style kind of tank top. He had a bit a nice fake tan on the go. And then he had bleach blonde spiked hair. So he, he was an absolute target to start with. So we lost the game, uh, 1-0. We're coming out the ground. We're having to go through with all these middle spores. I'm just trying to keep my head down because I can hear a few things going on. And just as we're just about to exit this tunnel, I hear somebody shout out, a middle fan, kill the gay! Now, without um, without uh, even looking, I knew exactly who they were talking about. They were talking about <laughs> poor Paul. Uh, I then pretended to not know him and moved slightly further away from him. Uh, as I'm sure Mike did, but at that moment, I thought it was quite sweet. Really, it was a bit like you know when people leave the married couple leave the wedding reception, everyone sort of forms an arch mm. and you walk through it. It was a bit like that, just for about a mile and a half, and with people shouting "kill the gay" kill and the kicking guy. him and kicking him. So they then kicked him, uh, and this was a real wow moment for him. He kicked him so hard he he fell into a police uh, in, into a policeman. Uh, and wow. then we had to stand there for about 15 minutes while these, uh, you know, stereotypical football thugs, bold, uh, big, big tattoos, uh, were saying they were going to effing kill us as soon as we uh, stepped away. Please didn't. Shame. They just, said, just stay there and they'll get bored. Shame we, haven't got, shame we haven't got the end of this. We haven't got time for the end of the story where I took on all 1,500 Millwall fans and beat them all to a pulp. Yeah. Let's assume that is what happened. That mm. is... That is scary, Ant. While singing yeah. Dear God. Um, yeah, so that was <laughs> um, that was a real wow moment for me to actually get out of there alive. Um, I was quite... Yeah. I was quite but also, a bit of a wow moment for me to be like, really? Wow. Yeah. Really? This yeah. this this exists in this day and age? Like, yeah. grow up. Like, yeah. fully grown men who are losing their hair, screaming and shouting abuse. And they clearly didn't like football. And then they come for a fight. And poor Paul... Uh, the ex-band member of five did get targeted. Good time. Well, at, at least it sounds like you tried looking after him. Um, uh, no. Okay. So uh, let's get to the final wow moment then. Final wow moment. Here we go. Which is, which is this one. Driven over by the corner flag. Back it goes to Stock. Early oh, cross ball. from him. Hater's downward header. And Bournemouth do have a fourth. And it's substitute James Hater. Five minutes from time. Pinpoint cross from Brian Stock. Downward header from Hater into the bottom left corner. Bournemouth four. Wrexham nil. 4-0 they lead, kicked on by Steve Purchase in the third minute, 1-0 then, and Hayter's outside again, chance for a fifth, James Hayter, it's five! Dean Court on its feet, two in a minute for James Hayter, Bournemouth lead Wrexham by five goals to nil. What a night at Dean Court of Division 2 football, you've heard it all on BBC Radio Solon, we've still got four minutes left, can they make it six? Well, you wouldn't bet against it at the moment. James Hayter could score again. It would have to be the quickest hat-trick in history, surely. Even if it took him till the 90th minute. He's got two in a minute. On 85 minutes and 85 and a half. Elliot down the right-hand side. Runs away from him, though, on the right corner of the penalty area. Given away, and Wrexham will come away with Darren Ferguson. Wrexham are serious playoff contenders. Absolutely smashed to pieces by the Cherries this evening. Rampant display from Sean O'Driscoll's side. The perfect riposte 
from the disaster at Brighton on Saturday. They were awful oh, then, we go and again. that was awful from Wrexham. And now it's three on two, and it's coming through the middle. Recovering challenge from Edwards. James He's onside! Hater! He's got it! it. <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable! James Hater has a three-minute hat-trick at D-Court. <laughs> Bournemouth six, Wrexham nil. It's unbelievable. You've never seen anything like that. I don't think he's even got a sweat on yet. He's got three goals. Three goals in three minutes for James Hayter. And if that's not a record, I might join John Williams on that naked run round Bournemouth. <laughs> three goals in three minutes for James Hayter, the substitute. And it's absolutely unbelievable stuff. There we Goosebumps. Go. Goosebumps just listening yeah. to that. I mean, I was at that game. Uh, sat with my dad, which makes it extra special, really, for me. So, um, you know, as we said, he's, he's no longer with us. That game, and I sat, and the, the hat-trick was 2 minutes, 21 seconds or something like that. He came on yeah. as a sub. At, at, I think at 4 or 5 nil, one of the Wrexham defenders, the centre-back, walked off the pitch and just went down the tunnel. He wasn't injured, he wasn't substituted. And when he was asked afterwards, late, you know, after the game, what what happened? He said, "I just got fed up with it," and he just walked off. So, <laughs> is that true? I, I, yeah, I don't remember story. that at all. True story. Wow. And James James Hater, um, his parents lived on the Isle of Wight. They come to watch the game, and with ten minutes to go, he was still on the bench, and they had the choice of hanging around till the end and catching the twelve o'clock ferry, or leaving then and getting the ten o'clock ferry to go back to the Isle of Wight. And so they thought, well, we'll leave. They missed it completely, so he ended up. You know, his parents missed what was the fastest ever football league hat trick. Uh, just being there with dad, it was astonishing. And we and it was pre, you know, these this in in two thousand and four, which is when it happened. Uh, a Nokia executive um, they released one megapixel camera phones, and he <laughs> suggested that in the future, as many as two thirds of all mobile phones could have a camera on them. And you know, obviously, this has happened. I mean, so you couldn't, you didn't have loads of internet those days, so we couldn't research the fastest hat trick. We, so I remember me and my dad racing across to get back, so we could hear on the radio if if it was a a, a world record or, or record of some sort. It, it was astonishing. Um, yeah, real real special game for me. That. Do you know what my my son uh, got a Christmas present this year or last year for uh, for my mum and dad, which was a an AFC Bournemouth puzzle obviously wasn't fully licensed thing but it had all these various stats and bits and pieces why obviously there. not why why obviously not fully licensed I don't know but um <laughs> one of the stats it had on there was the hat trick and he was telling me about it and when I said that I was there that night as were you his mind was oh, were you there? I was there yeah I was I was like third row back in the north stand so all the goals happened right in front of me I was in 0120 I was listening to to the the commentary live and um, look, quick mention to to the brilliant Chris Temple, who at the time was just finding his way into um, the wonderful world of commentary and uh, now is a a master of his craft. But um, but yeah, what a moment. So that that for me was extra special. Obviously, a bit Bournemouth heavy, but um, that was incredible to actually be there. Um, Other moments we could have had the Gaza, the Gaza goal um, in Euro 96, I think. I mean, everyone mm. tried replicating that goal. You know, it was just so famous, you know, the way he did it, the celebration, everything. What makes it an iconic moment? I think if, if something's an iconic moment, if it's, if, if anything... Wow moment, please. It, We've entitled this wow moment. So okay. let's go with wow. But what makes, okay, but what makes an iconic moment is okay, when... Sure. I mean, that's for the does, iconic podcast, but that's fine. When somebody does anything remotely similar, that goal gets referenced. So it doesn't, it, the second in five aside, anybody 
loops the ball over somebody, even if they're shooting, somebody goes, oh, Gaza. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, even still. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So out of all of those, your ultimate wow moment. Oh, one of mine, I expect. One of yours, you expect? The Tombstone, yeah. no? no? Not so for much. Me, for me, it's got to be the night Bournemouth got promoted to the Premier League. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I love that. It was one of mine. And, uh, and yeah, we're, we're all three of us incredibly biased. But I'll uh, I mean, it. that Aguero, Aguero goal was insane yeah. um, as well. Oh, and, and... Why, don't we leave it, why don't we leave it up to the listeners? They can let us know on Twitter. Let us know at FPL Recent Pod. Send us an email if you Wow moments. Uh, please do uh, like us. You can review us on Spotify, review us on Apple if you want. I mean, I understand if you can't be bothered, it's fine. Um, but we hope that in between international breaks, we can do uh, a variety of these um, if, if people like them. And, they, you know, we could do uh, strangest moments, all sorts. Loads of categories. There's loads of categories. There's loads of adjectives and we can play with all of them. So, yeah, that's what Good we'll times. do. So, gents, uh, the the Bolton game is has won it from you two. Aguero from me, astonishing. And uh, thank you very much for giving up your lunch breaks to record. And uh, we hope everyone has a good week. Next week, we'll be back with our preview podcast as normal. Much love. Have Cheers, a good week. guys. Take care. <laughs> wow.